You're listening to a Sin podcast. You can listen to this show live by tuning your radio to 90.7 or online at sin.org.au. Welcome to Represent. We would like to acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land on which Sin operates, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Kids should go to school. That's what we're Represent. You're listening to Represent. Welcome to Represent. We have an exciting show today. We have Naya, we have Freddie, we have myself, and we have my neighbour Bailey, who goes to uni with me. Um, We're having a good time in the studio. We have some exciting news. Naya, do you want me to say it? You can say it. Okay, Naya is now my co-EP. I am so excited to have someone else to do all the editing. It's not much. Not to sell it badly to you, but um, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I feel so inadequate now compared to you She's going to have to log into all emails now. (laughs) She's going to be like my admin person. (laughs) Just kidding. Can I call the politicians? Yeah, you can. I'll give you a Matt Bucks number. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I have it in my phone. (laughs) All right. Today, what are we going to talk about? I am doing the age of criminal responsibility. Naya, what oh, are you talking I'm about? I'm talking about the new regulations on vapes. This is in no particular order to Yeah, yeah we haven't on. decided what order we're doing. Yeah, we're, I'm talking about Job Seeker, <laughs> raises and budget. Thank you. And, bu- Very and nice. budget, budget things. Very fun. Um, Yay. Ooh, I'm gonna yeah. get excited. So, all right, well, yeah. let's go to a song um, so we can discuss the order of the show. What's the song? <laughs> the song is Blaming Mercury by High Pulp. You are listening yeah. to represent. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Represent. We are going to do a quick interview. So I believe Lachlan has possibly done this interview, or at least he's recommended us to do it. Um, It is an anti-trans rhetoric and online queer communities interview with Monash University researcher Neve White. She's exploring how young queer women are engaging with queer history online. She told Loud and Queer's Tammy Brooke, the people that she's speaking to are concerned about a rise in targeted political rhetoric in Australia. So here is that interview, if it plays, hopefully. It's an interesting time. It's something... um, So the way my research works is I'm interviewing um, participants at the moment, young queer people, um, predominantly young queer women or non-binary people who have, like, a relationship to womanhood. And and they're bringing this up in conversation. Um, You know, I'm asking about queer history, but things that are coming up at the moment are um, 
a lot of what's going on in the US over transphobia, but also how it's coming here in the Australian context. Um, yeah, like you said, I was at the State Library a few weeks ago for the Trans Day of Visibility rally, um, and a few weeks before that, I mean, content warning, I guess, in terms of like there was um, a transphobic incident with some Nazi protesters here, and that's like really scary to see. So it's quite obvious that we're living through like a um, a historical moment in and of itself, right? Where we're seeing debates about queer and especially trans lives happening in real time. Um, yeah, even phrasing it as a debate is a little uh, strange, maybe using the other side's words. Like, um, it's a bit distressing, I think, to, to think about uh, where we are in society at the moment. Why do you think that there is a current surge in... Cause I don't know how it is for you as an academic researcher, an actual smart, important person, but me, just a regular person kind of on the sidelines that is just seeing a lot of the backlash and things that are happening at the moment. Why do you think there's been a sudden surge in that? Because the way that I've been consuming the media, I feel like, like, obviously queer people have existed for so long. Trans people have existed forever. And suddenly now I feel like there's just been this huge spike in just, backlash and hateful speech and things like that regarding the trans community do you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely and it's a really good question and i wish i had like a a really coherent answer i think a lot of it maybe depends on national contexts in terms of so i'm from the uk and there's like a really big spike there and that's been building over the last few years and you know you have the woman who wrote the harry potter books uh <laughs> Still not, not name her. <laughs> um, and and her kind of links to particularly the UK media, and then in the US, there's like, I guess they're like, the way their government runs like federally and within certain states, and the power that they have in the politics to sort of shift around certain laws and bring in these bills, um, that's like affecting different parts of the country of a very big country um and obviously like post-trump you know everything that was stirred up there um and then here here's like an interesting one i mean as a non-australian i don't know the political context as well i've i've heard some people say like oh yeah it isn't maybe like as bad here because it's uh to not australian to like care that much about stuff <laughs> like it's like um <clears throat> but it's still like we're still seeing the the effects of that like from different national contexts like come in like with posey parker mm -hmm. um and yeah it's a strange i think one thing is that one beautiful thing is that people are reflecting on their gender more they're like engaging with like what does this gender thing mean and so we're seeing more discussions about the beautiful like diversity and possibilities within gender and sexuality and like the beauty that trans joy and gender euphoria can be mm. and it's just um yeah a little upsetting that the flip side of that is people kind of seeing this happen and maybe being scared by it or, or not sure how to deal with that rhetoric yeah it's strange i feel like it's a big backlash that's kind of come out of nowhere but you talking just then has just kind of made me think about how um i know that a lot of your research is based with you know online communities and things like that and i feel like we've just had a couple of years of 
purely 100% being online, right? With, mm-hmm. like, COVID and restrictions and everything like that. And I don't know. I feel like with a lot of my friends, it's been quite a good time because you're isolated, you're alone, you're questioning yourself more and your gender and your values and your beliefs and things like that. Um, and the only way to communicate that is online on a very public platform that isn't just in your general community and then also I don't know then you've got the backlash to that stuff as well I don't know have you noticed um just a spike in people online I guess examining their own gender and I don't know beliefs (laughs) yeah massively I mean I feel like every conversation I have with people when we're talking through, you know, how did you sort of come to this relationship and sense of yourself? A lot of it is like, well, COVID was massive. You know, like you said, like a couple of years where you're only online and the way people describe it is like all the other structures in life, they're just gone now. And like you kind of see that maybe they don't make sense in certain ways or like if the normal is deconstructed, then what what is there and it's like a realm of possibility and as well when you have stuff like the tiktok algorithm mm-hmm. that is seeing you engage with certain content and then maybe feeding you more of it and the more you see the more you're able to like maybe see oh there's something of me in there um and that's happened um definitely for like a lot of my participants in terms of like gender in terms of sexuality in terms of neurodivergence as well um a lot of people have said like the beauty of online is that you can see someone and they can explain something that you have gone through and provide you with language for it that you never had before Mm -hmm. um or describe a kind of experience or sensation and you realize you're not alone in having that experience and sensation and then you're like oh cool well (laughs) what does that mean (laughs) i'm suddenly not alone yeah yeah it's a real sense of um yeah, finding a sense of community or a connection um, and seeing a bit of yourself that you've maybe like never engaged with before reflected back at you. Welcome back to Represent. We're going to talk about the age of criminal responsibility for Ooh. as long as I want to, according yes. to Freddie. Yeah. Um, so the government, Victorian government, state government, this has become a state issue mm-hmm. because the federal government has refused to do anything. <clears throat> Victoria threatened last year that he... Dan Andrews was like, oh, yeah, if they don't do anything, then we'll do something. And now he has. So um, we will raise the age of criminal responsibility in Victoria from 10 to 12 and then to 14 within four years, which when you say it like that, when you say, oh, within four years, you're like, oh, it's not that long. When you say by 2027... You're like, oh, oh, what? Yeah. That's a Wait, what? That's yeah. four years away. That's four years away? That's oh, well. scary. That's so far That's away. That's scary. I don't like that. Do you know what I mean, though? What? Anyway. Yeah. So, according to ABC, the experts have said that this is too long. It'll leave kids trapped in a the quicksand of the justice system. Yeah. I like that uh, That's analogy. That's a sick quote. It's a sick quote. I agree. <laughs> so, last Wednesday, the government announced that the youth justice reform would take place incrementally. So there'd be legislation introduced mm. later this year and it'd lift the age to 12 next year. So it's all, you know, it's a long process. I think, is there a reason why they're doing that? Because that seems so convoluted. Because well, what's the point of doing it in two different 
like goes, right? I don't know. But I mean, I would guess that had probably has to go through a parliamentary committee. But even so, you would still be able to do it in one go. Well, but yeah. Is it know. to deal with? Maybe it's, they have to get a certain amount of time to deal with current cases. Like if someone well, is, I don't know, they're... Well, maybe they're ten. just trying to do it so they can see how it goes. So is it currently 10? It's currently 10. So if a 10-year-old commits a crime, like, they try it as an adult. Wow. Oh, whoa. No, no, sorry. They're not trying yeah, as an adult. Yeah, I was going to say, what? No, no, no. Like, but they, you know, the age of criminal responsibility where they can, where they, they can as a tried. child, can yeah. be criminally responsible, like responsible for yeah. the crime. Okay. It's like, okay, That's let's really throw it back to 2020 when I did um, legal studies. You don't want to. Dolly Incapex, age. That's like what? when there's a child and they're too young, they commit a crime, but they're too young to know what they were doing. So basically right now, under 10 is that age. But yeah. when we change this to 14, under 14 will be the age where you're too young to understand the consequences of your right. own actions. I feel like I know some people between the age of 10 and 14 who definitely would know what they're doing. Oh, if they I see, I crime. sort of see the other way. I feel like when I was 14, I didn't know what was going to happen next week. I'm 18 and I don't know what's going to happen next good week. Point, like, good point. No, that's true. I yeah. That's a bit of that guilty mind, guilty action. Mm. Like, mm. They might do something against the law, but, I mean, hopefully they're not drinking and driving at 14. Well, no. oh, well. <laughs> you would hope not. Well, speaking of driving, I guess. Well, I think that part of the reason for only doing it partially is because there are a lot more offences by 13 and 14-year-olds. We've just seen in oh. Queensland just yeah. the other day a 13-year-old killed two people and severely injured another in a car crash in Maryborough, mm. which is... Terrible news. Yeah. But insane that it was a 13-year-old child. Why did a 13-year-old child get into a car with keys and be able to start it? Where are their yeah, parents? <laughs> Where? Well, that's the issue, right? Where's yeah. the root of the problem? No, that's fair. No, I don't think... I don't believe, personally, on a, on a bridey level, <laughs> my take. outlook on the world is that no child is born with an innate desire to be an awful person. You and don't go believe out. in the criminal gene? No, I don't. I think it's something that happens to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like your a surroundings. Sort of thing. It's yeah. Yeah. I don't think that anyone is actually innately malicious. This fundamentally. This whole thing kinda reminds me. Stick with me here. Of this scene in Breaking Bad, right? Oh god, Where, okay. Stop no what, yep, I'm turn sticking back. I'm, no, I'm still listening. In season two, where like Combo's going to do like a drug drop, right? And then he gets shot by this like eleven year old on a bike. And it's like it's a TV show. And a fictional TV show. Which of course depicts it in a very negative light. But he gets like shot by an eleven year old on a bike. Right. And that whole time during the show I was like, what happened to that eleven year old, you know? Right. So it's like, I don't know, I feel like... Anyway, so the point of me bringing that up is the 11-year-old clearly knew what they were doing, right? And I think... Did they, though? I think they Because did. did they go out well, of their house and go, I'm going to kill someone with this gun that I have while I ride my bike? Well, the 11-year-old was part of a drug gang in the show. See, that's right? the issue, though. And I'm yeah. not Why is an 11-year-old in a drug well, gang? Well, I'm not going to get into a thematic analysis of Breaking Bad, <laughs> we're right? Not. We're not. We're getting no, we're into not. a social but analysis of the point criminal... Is, the point is, I think, um, I'm not advocating for it either way, but if we were to raise the, raise the age of criminal mm. responsibility, I think we'd sort of see that sort of situation happen, maybe, where we have think? these sort of, like, drug gangs who are recruiting, like, 13, 14-year-olds who, like, I, I think some of them are more than intelligent enough to be able to do things for these gangs, right? I'm not absolutely. They're intelligent before. enough to do things, but I don't know if they'd understand 
the whole idea behind raising the age is that they don't have the literal development of the brain to understand the consequences of their actions in the future. No, that's fair. That's true. But what I'm saying is, like, I guess if we did this, then could we see real-life Breaking Bad happen? Season 2 is... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Thoughts? Yeah. Sure. Has anyone else seen the show or no? No, no, no I'm the only one. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, anyway, that just sort of came to me and reminded me of that. So, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting link. So I just think, like, we could see young kids be recruited by these like criminals which i think we sort of see anyway in a lot of in a lot of things i'm not an expert on mm. this thing but we've seen like kids get pulled into like drugs and i think there was a whole thing with like terrorism on online video games they'd use like fortnite or roblox or something to recruit children that was like a thing that. a few years ago yeah yeah um so i think like if we did ra raise the age of criminal responsibility could we exposing could we be exposing kids to that sort of world a little bit more. Because I think that raising the criminal, raising the age is not something that happens by itself. No. There's a lot of prevention at a community level that needs to go on. And maybe that's not being funded enough as it is, as we mm. may or may not know already. Um, but, like, it's not the only thing that needs to happen to stop people, um, kids, going into the justice system. But I just think that, you know, at a 10-year-old... Like, at 10, how long ago was that? Eight years ago, right, for me. Yeah. Naya, yeah. Longer for you. <laughs> Nine. Yeah. Like, you didn't know what you were doing. No, absolutely if not. If you were, like, you know, whatever, right? Like, you had no idea. And no. I just feel like getting, as a 10-year-old, making a mistake, then mm. getting sucked into the court system and then getting potentially sucked into the juvenile detention system, you're never going to get out of that because you're True. 10 and then you're 11 and then you're 12 and that's formative years for your personality mm. and your outlook on the world. And if you're in juvie and you're surrounded by other kids who are probably older than you, if you're at that youngest end of the spectrum, yeah. they're, you know, maybe 17, say, and they've, you know, their brains have developed to a point that they know what they're doing. And whether that's because they've been in for longer, whatever, right? You're still surrounded by them and that's what you grow up with and that's what you spend those very formative and completely influential mm. years of your life doing and experiencing. And so, you know, it is like quicksand. It's like a spiral. It just drags you down. It drags you down. Yeah. You, it's hard to get out. It's almost impossible to get out. Mm. Is the argument that they don't know what they're doing or they don't understand the consequences of their It's that their brains haven't developed enough to, like, actually understand completely the consequences. Yeah, because... Like, whether just, they think they do or they yeah, don't. Yeah, because um, just a fun science thing is um, to your prefrontal cortex, the favourite favorite mm. part of my brain, is, <laughs> it's, like, on average 25 when mm. that develops, yeah. which in theory means that this, this is going to be... It's always going to be ambiguous at which point do we assess that people have enough of their prefrontal cortex, which is their, their ability to assess consequences, mm -hmm. that they do know what's going on. Because if, if we say, well, you know, people don't have a full understanding of consequences until they're 25, we can't be not trying people till they're 25. Yeah, yeah. well, it's very... It's, like, well-established across the world that 14 is kind of the age. The UN supports this yeah. as yeah. it being 14. Like, pretty much every... 
um, significant organisation that's involved in the Raise the Age campaign does. So, um, like the outgoing co-chair of the First Peoples Assembly of Victoria, Auntie Geraldine Atkinson, she said that her and other Aboriginal advocates were disappointed in the government's failure to raise the age to 14 immediately. She said, I think we've seen in our communities the results of what's happened when our children have been incarcerated and they come home and their life trajectories have gone down and not up. Mm. So, like, and also I did read a stat this morning that was... I can't remember exactly the number, but it was about 80 kids uh, in prison in Victoria and 10 of them are Aboriginal. So, like, oh, wow. wow. Completely disproportionate as well. Yeah. So, wow. Food One for thought. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. It's also sure scary not. to think that there are children in the justice system. Like, Yeah, exactly. Children. They're so, they're so innocent running around yeah. the play- playground sort of thing. Yeah, like, if I go back through my photos and I find a photo from 10 years ago, like, there's no way that 10 years ago me would have had a clue what she was doing. I was playing Minecraft when I was 10 years old in Clash of Clans on, like, my iPod Touch. So, like, it's kind of scary to think, what is it that's getting kids into this sort of world, you know? Yeah, like, I was swinging on rope swings. Yeah. Eating ice cream. I think yeah. I went to, went to New Zealand when I was 10, so I'm thinking oh, of when I was 10. That's cool. <laughs> Shiny and, I don't know, the, it, the world was so big and, and exciting, it wasn't, it didn't feel like that sort of... Yeah. I wonder whether yeah. there's an instilled um, world out to get you sort of thing. It, it, it's what you're saying, it's, it's an environmental thing that causes yeah. these, these actions in children, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. shall we move to our next segment? Yeah. Shall we, we do, should we just go straight into yeah, it? Should we do a I song? Let's just keep going. Let's, should we just go straight into it? Yeah, we don't have a heap of time. All right, so. let's 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 dive straight into it, guys. Job seeker. How cool is that thing? Woo-hoo. Yeah. So last week we had a review about Job Seeker, which described it as seriously inadequate. And the the low the low amount that the payments provide provide a serious barrier for entry to a paying job because you can't even fund life's essentials off it. So this review sort of said, hey, we need to raise this, the payments. The government and the Treasury outright said, not happening, and it was completely ignored. But we've had a bit of a reversal yesterday, where JobSeeker is set to rise next week with Budget Week, but only for people over 55. Damn, all right, government, that's a bit mean. These are only media reports at the moment. Seven got to it first, but The Guardian independently confirmed it today with their own sources, uh, where the currently $50 a day rate, which is paid fortnightly, would be raised for people over 55. It would not be raised for anybody under 55 or anyone on youth allowance, but apparently they'll consider it in future budgets. They say that every year. They say that every year, but like, what about the people who need the money right now? Two, I think I saw Amy Ramikis, Rami, Rami, I think it's Ramikis, tweet this. And it's, if it's too low for people over 55, it's too low for people under 55. Yeah. Yes, there is a problem with unemployment in people over 55, in older women particularly at the mm. moment. We're seeing a lot about that. But there is also an unemployment problem, a cost of living problem, a life problem for people who are under 55. Oh, yeah. Like, it's yeah. just... Because I've got a lot of I've got, I've got a lot of friends who like have moved interstate and from within rural Victoria to come and study in Melbourne, mm. and they're like struggling with their rent. Yeah, and it's like when I sort of see this, it's like, well, what does 
the government think of well, them? Well, it's like how Tasmania's just gotten a new AFL stadium. Yeah, where, I was just going to mention crisis. that, actually. Yeah. Well, oh, my God, you can read my mind. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's like, what does, what does that say to, like, the young people where it's like, hey, we don't think you're worth this extra money. Go get that yourself. Have fun. Good luck. Yeah. And it's like, well, jobs... Like, the wages aren't rising with the rising cost of living. Rents are going up, and it's just crazy. And like you said, the really sick and timely and awesome AFL stadium that Tasmania is Which now getting. they've been wanting for years oh or like, And I absolutely see the value in, you know, get tourism, get whatever, like get action in Tasmania. Sure, yeah. their economy needs it too. But the rest of us, you know, that's not the only thing that goes in the budget. The well, budget's huge. I feel like it's such a slap in the face to have, hey, yeah, young people, you don't deserve Get extra starved. money that you need to survive. Hey, Tasmania, take $240 million to yeah. build a footy stadium. Exactly. So, and the much? stage three tax cuts. I saw a great graphic on the ABC Instagram um, the other day, actually. Is this the blue box one? Yeah, oh, that was boxes. so cool. Yeah. It's just you swipe across about seven slides, I mm. think, and it's just saying the these are how many, like, this is, each box is a certain amount of money and you keep swiping and then it's finally the amount of how much the tax cuts, tax cuts, cuts <laughs> are going to cost. Yeah. Like, it was just, it was really quite striking. No, it's crazy because it. it's just like, it's just saying to young people, hey, we don't think you're worth it. Which I think is a young voter. Like, I feel like young voters out of the two major parties, they had the lab they had Labor to go to because the Liberals were telling them to get stuffed. Mm. And now, almost <laughs> through this, we have the same sort of thing almost. But which is just everyone's a bit scary. Telling us to get everyone's stuffed. telling us to get stuffed. It's not fair. <laughs> but um, essentially, the re the recommendations that were made last week in the review, they were going to cost about thirty four billion dollars to implement. Um, which Jim. Chalmers or something? Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Jim yeah, Chalmers. And Amanda Rishworth, they are, who is the social services minister, and Jim Chalmers is the treasurer, obviously, uh, they said, the Albanese government will always look to provide support for those in need where it is responsible and affordable to do so and weighed up against other priorities and physical challenges, like the need for an AFL stadium in Tasmania and nuclear submarines, apparently. Yeah, so if, with this like tax cut graphic, it's seven slides um each of these boxes is a hundred uh, 200 million dollars and the cost of building a new bridge over the brisbane river is 190 million <laughs> so it's 243 billion dollars of tax cuts over 10 years mm. and 189 billion or 78 percent of that is going to the top 14 percent of earners so the richest people are getting the hugest proportion of tax relief who are most likely over 55 i'm guessing yeah we've yeah. seen the same graphic i'm not saying mm. all over 55s are rich and loaded because of course like like yeah. Bridie mentioned, over 55s do have a struggle with unemployment because yeah. they're seen as not as capable in the workforce, unfortunately. Exactly. Exactly, which is unfortunate. So they do need this, but also <laughs> I feel like they're not the only ones that need this. You know, young yeah, people are struggling absolutely. to get into jobs and we're struggling with rent and food as much as they are. So it's like, why don't we get this as well? And mm. the government has been spending all this money on all these other things. As I've said, $240 million on a Hobart AFL stadium in a city that has the highest rate of homelessness of any capital city since 2021. Really? Hobart? Yeah, Hobart. I didn't know that. I, I, I read know. that... Um, 
they have had the highest rent increase, but they, on average, have the lowest wages, which is just crazy. Yeah. I feel like we don't wow. hear enough about Tasmania. I feel no, like they, go, they go under the radar. No, yeah, may- maybe once they get pulled into the AFL, it'll be like oh, they're really you were part of say Australia. Once they have a Labor government. <laughs> oh, I didn't oh, think of that. So, <laughs> well, that's interesting. Labor's against the stadium, which is kind of crazy. What? Labor's against the stadium. That's but, the, the state Labor is against the stadium. Oh, okay. I should clarify. Sorry, I was like, they've just the, announced... No, the state Labor is against the stadium. Right, um, why? I didn't know that. Yeah, because I I, they, I read that they... Because t- the whole point of the stadium is the AFL has it as a, as a condition for Tasmania to get an AFL team. Yeah. Um, And Labor says, we don't need another stadium to have an AFL team. We already have, like... I think they have two stadiums already that are perfectly capable. Does every AFL team... I know nothing about sport. Have no, their own full stadium. <laughs> I don't. Like, because we have think the MCG. So. I like, I think it's probably something to do with the size yeah. of the ones Maybe. in Tasmania. Because I reckon yeah. you definitely need to have a full size one. Because we've got yeah. we've got um, Marvel Etihad Stadium. We've got the G. Yeah. And Icon Park as well. Plus. Yeah, the original teams have their own one. Yeah. yeah. And then I mean, everywhere has every team has a home ground. And anyway, Melbourne has a bunch of full-size stadiums. Sydney has a bunch. The Gold Coast has one. Adelaide has one. But I don't think Tasmania has a full-size one, yeah. as far as I know. Yeah, because I think this Tasmania one's supposed to seat 23,000 people or something like that. I'm going to guess their other stadiums probably don't seat near that. But Labor said 27,000. But Labor said they don't need another stadium. Yeah, right. To, okay, so to the have existing Hobart and Launceston ones have 19,000 and 19,500. So that's okay. it's not, not a huge increase. No. It's, not, it's, it's not, I feel like it's not significant it's enough. Almost, to I, it sort of feels that. like an unreasonable, like, you have to build your own stadium to get a team. Couldn't they just play their games interstate? Yeah. But I feel like that eliminates the point of a Tasmanian team, doesn't True. it? Well, it would, uh, wouldn't bring in the tourism, yeah. I just think that, like, I don't think the stadium part of it is necessary. I think it's a weird precondition for the AFL yeah, to... Yeah, because I think it's been said that the AFL's kind of bullied them into having it, which yeah. is which is a quote I saw, which is a bit controversial. That new AFL CEO that got appointed, like, yesterday or something. Yeah. Should get onto that. But anyway, this isn't the sports desk. This is no. represent... <laughs> Um, so there's been a lot of sort of highly criticised spending um, by the government as of recently and nothing sort of in the area of cost of living. We've only just gotten this little slither of for the over 55s. So with the budget week coming up next week, and I know we're all very excited for the budget, it's like Bridie's favourite week, I remember her saying. Uh-huh. It's... Should people who are struggling with the cost of living be worried for the budget? Should they be worried they're not going to get the support they need? I think we can be sure now yeah. that they're not going to get the support they need. <laughs> because every year we have the same thing where it's like, we don't have enough money to do this, but then we spend, what, was it $300 billion on the submarines? It was something like that. It was like oh, a crazy number. Amount. To quote Lin-Manuel Miranda, <laughs> I want to oh be God. in the room where it happens. I, <laughs> I want to see them doing this and deciding. I thought you meant about the should... budget lockup. No. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon? No. Sorry. No. <laughs> um, we still mourn that loss. Um, no, to see, I want to be there and watch them as they as they decide 
this money's going here, this money's going there. Mm, and exactly. I want like I want to know do they actually say like they might. But okay, we have a cost of living crisis. Hmm, it's not that bad. Like I I wonder if there is Yeah, what the thought process yeah. is and the because, sort of justification yeah. to themselves I feel like because if we hear that we might understand a little bit. I mean, I don't hmm. necessarily think it's reasonable to you know build a stadium before covering homelessness but do they have another plan like is there something and we're missing also they're labor politicians like i do feel like not supporting people who are struggling does probably go against their grain so i would be at a sort of almost psychological level i'd be really interested to know how they justify it to themselves yeah, yeah. maybe we should call them up Let's call let's it right it. now. Let's call Albo right let's now. Let's do it. Yeah, I don't hey, know Hey, Siri, number. call... No, um, because I think with the budget is we get, like, no information before it, right? Mm. It's completely shrouded in mystery. We don't know how well, the decision makes it. Except for what kind of gets leaked and what's gets, what, what's, what forms election promises. Yeah, and but what's announced. Other than those, like, little things, until it's announced, we get almost nothing of what the final of like what the budget's going to be we don't even get little snippets Naya looking up the number right now to parliament house (laughs) um but so it's like i feel like we don't get that window into decision making that i feel like we kind of should considering it's look the debate whether it really is our money because we hand it over to the government through taxes but either way to really simplify it it's our money should we not get a window into how it's decided how it's decided to be used. I mean, you kind of, theoretically, you do because of the election and electing the candidate that represents your values. That's and, true. Yeah. You know, that's the yeah. idea, right? But, I mean, how much can you control that? Not much at all. Did- but then we get into the, <laughs> is representative democracy is a good re- thing yeah. sort of oh, conversation? Oh, God, okay. Um, We're getting a bit big for... 17 minutes remaining on the show. Yeah, well, I was actually going to say we're nearly in the section of this segment. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon we're done, but... Um, <laughs> do you want to do a song, or do you want to go let's straight into it? Let, let's yeah. play a song. What's, what's, right. what song? What song? What song uh, have we got? Keep Your money, Distance money. by P. Money X Whiny. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. I know, it really fits. Alright, uh, you're listening to Represent. Stay with us. What a great song that was, eh? <laughs> I loved that. I'm so sorry. So cool. I don't know what has gone on with Jazla. Um, Naya, take it away. I'm going to post <laughs> on Facebook in the group and be like, hey, guys, SOS. Oh, did the song not play at all? No, the song no. didn't play. I love that we didn't even register that there was nothing playing in the studio. Let's sing it live. <laughs> I know. I don't know it. <laughs> All right. Um, there have been new vape reforms uh, announced, which, given how many people you walk down the street and you see vaping, it's definitely looks like it's more than people just using it for med- um, medicinal uh, mm. quitting smoking. So um, they've been announced. All non-prescription vapes will be banned from being imported. Uh, the goal is to, well, one of the goals is to shut down any organisations selling vapes uh, in a retail setting and they'll all be oh. moved to pharmacies and um, packaged in, like, pharmaceutical drug package, like, you know, that, that white paper bag and That's the sticker. That's going to be really interesting with all of the, like, if you walk around Melbourne for two minutes, store. Yeah. you'll see seven um, different shops just going... We say this every time we talk yeah. about vapes. No, we do. so do, but also it's like, how are they going to just... There's one I walk past, like, getting to uni from yeah. the station. Yeah. 
Is that the one um, at Melbourne Central? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is also a ban on uh, all single-use vapes. I actually did not know that there were single-use ones. Um, is that like... Surely that's not like... No, no, it's okay. What? That doesn't matter. No, no, no. Like, just, I'm interested like those, now. Like canisters or something? What? I don't know. I don't know. But, um, and the mouth... I think that's Im- just disposable, right? Like, not must be. refillable. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It I mean, it's be. not like one breath. It's, no, but no, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then just... If it was, yes. that'd be the biggest waste um, of everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, particular ingredients, flavours and colours will be banned because I think, as we might oh. have talked about before, they're like flavours that in theory, would appeal to young people and children. It's like yeah. you know, bubble gum, fairy floss, those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and doctors will be able to pres- uh, prescribe nicotine vapes to those who are trying to quit smoking instead of having to get individual approval from the Therapeutic Goods Administration, which is... It's mostly it's important uh-huh. that doctors will be the only people and they will have to have a prescription because it, at the moment we say... You have to have a prescription, but there's no way every person that I walk past oh, has a prescription. Not. No, 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 definitely um, not. And but I mean, I just kind of don't get how that works anyway. Because I mean, people are buying them from the shop on yeah. the corner, right? Yeah. Like, but how do they? How are they going to police this? Because I don't. Everyone know. and their dog vapes on the street. But, like, and the other thing I see with this is. I mean, Doja Cat was vaping on the Met Gala today. Oh, really? In front of a live TV camera. Wow. Oh, okay. If that's not going to promote it to young people, then what what will? And I think, like, removing... It's a really difficult thing to try and combat, right? Yeah, well, I mean, we did see really good results with smoking. Like, um... According to the ABC, smoking rates in Australia are among the lowest in the world. And we did a lot of work. Like, there was that um, the case when they put the the photographs, the like warning photographs on the um, the smoking packets, packets, yeah, and increasing the price. Which there's now going to be a tax. On, well, no, there is a tax on tobacco, but it will be increasing for the next three years. We've got another thing that's increasing over multiple oh, years. Um, but it'll yay. be <laughs> oh, the cost of living's going up. <laughs> Five percent per year, um, which is estimated to bring in three point three billion dollars over the next four years. Wow! Which that's a lot of people buying tobacco. Yeah. Um, we got some quotes. So, okay. the health minister Mark Butler said uh, at the National Press Club that these are supposed to be pharmaceutical products. These being vapes, that they have to present that way. No more bubblegum flavors, pink unicorns, or vapes disguised as pens for kids to hide in pencil cases. Instead, we'll have plain packaging with plain flavors. So, and it's that you know you have to go to the pharmacy, you have to get a pharmaceutical bag with your vape yeah. that would be used as as it was meant, an e-cigarette. But like, right. how they have? I just don't quite get how they how they think they're going to do this with the shops that are literally everywhere. The thing I'd be concerned about as well is theoretically going to this shop on the corner in the city that is a physical building Hmm. is whether or not vaping is safe or not going to a shop a physical shop to buy a vape is arguably safer than going through what would what what people would probably go through if these shops had to shut down yeah it'll move on to the black market you'd be buying them online Mm. you'd be buying them over like social media then you'd be like have to do alleyway deals and stuff yeah so it's like is banning the retail spaces. I mean, it's very much too little, too late. Like, yeah. This, yeah. All this regulation, there are so it's, many people who are going to be addicted for so many years because it's become yeah. so exactly. big. There is going to be funding. So it's um, 
estimated to cost about $234 million, which will include uh, $63 million to campaign against vaping, which, I mean, I don't know, but I don't know how many young people are going to see a sign that says vaping is bad for you and go, yeah, okay. I'm no, but I think away. that's going to be more like the plain packaging on cigarettes. Yeah. And that does put people off. Yeah. Yeah. $234 million. That's only $6 million less than an AFL stadium. <laughs> that's crazy. No, no, no. Sorry. That's actually only less than the federal commitment to the AFL stadium. Oh, that's the whole so thing, true. The whole thing costs $700 million. Yeah. Oh, God damn. <laughs> um, but there will be $30 million to support people quit. What, what does that mean? Well, I... What? That, that's I mean, mean, it'll be quitting vaping. Providing but, s- what are um, support services. I just worry, like, are we going to now come up with, like, a new form of e-cigarette that's oh. not a vape but will help you get off a vape? Like, but isn't that what vaping was supposed yeah, to be originally? To be. Yeah, and then that's pe- nice and, point. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. I just wonder what that $30 million is being used for. Well, it'll just be support services, you know. I mean, people say it is really, really hard to quit vaping. Like, oh, it is, nigh yeah. on impossible. So that's just going to be, you know... what people said about smoking, too psychology things or, you know, sort of maybe yeah. even clinics, Vape like patches. parts of a clinic. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. Like there is, there are things out there that can be there, that that can sort of tackle it. Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. And something interesting on the ABC was that the, uh, quote, that vaping triples the likelihood of someone taking up, uh, that someone will take up smoking. Really? Which seems to, there's a problem there because we are, we have created these to prevent or to help people stop smoking. But now we've got kids which um, I think uh, Peter Dutton described as... Um, or he, he doesn't want to see it as a gateway into smoking, which is what it's becoming. It's like oh. doing the opposite of what, what it's meant to, but apparently there have been good results for people who are smokers and are trying to quit because they are shifting away from the really dangerous stuff that's been killing them hopefully into an interim and then being able to quit but oh my goodness it's it, it's yeah. huge like it's, the it's I mean, yeah it's just too little too late the people is. doing this isn't going to stop the people who already vape yeah and there's so many vaping. vapes in the world already like they're, they're in circulation yeah um, and how many people are just going to like go down to their shop today and stock up on vapes exactly yeah yeah. It's just, yeah, too little, too late. And the it feels pe- like it happened really quickly, though. Like It came out of nowhere, didn't it? They turned up really quickly, and now they're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I feel like, because, I don't know, in sort of like, to me, it was like this like small little thing that was like meant to replace smoking. It was like a healthier, quotes at the time, cons- uh, like perceived to be. Alternative, yeah. yeah. And then sort of out of nowhere everyone was doing it and then we sort of started to see the health effects of it yeah and it's like that's it, and for something that you're meant to have a prescription for yeah it's a bit weird yeah so that hopefully it will prevent um you know a growing um hopefully. retail and and promotion of vapes because they will they will become something that's shunned it will be like kids bringing cigarettes to school some people will say that's cool but other people would go no you're bringing a cigarette to school that's that's dangerous there's a lot of culture now around even people who are smokers generally know cigarettes are dangerous and there's a sense that it's really an unhealthy addiction which maybe it's just a step in the direction of creating that same culture around vaping that it is an unhealthy addiction and it is an addiction it's something dangerous that 
we need to help people. They are they are in a vulnerable space, but it's a lot of young people in said vulnerable space. Yeah, and I think because all those flavors and things like like you mentioned, yeah, bubblegum unicorn. A, I don't know if that's actually a flavor. What is what is unicorn flavor? I don't know. That's like when you go to the shops and there's different flavors for cake mix, and I have come across ones that are like unicorn or like birthday party. I'm like, I, what is birthday party? Now I kind of want to try one of those cake mixes. <laughs> I, that can we do that next week? Yes, the live cooking on represent. Yeah, yeah. we'll bring um, in an oven. But I think the interesting thing is with the we just saw Jewel. Last month, they paid $462 million to settle youth vaping claims that the flavours were made to target under-age teens. They so are. They definitely are. Well, I mean, it's ambiguous. They could be like, well, it's just to target teens, not under-age teens. But, but like, <laughs> Either way, gum. that's not good. Kids eat bubblegum. Kids love unicorns. I mean, I love <laughs> unicorns. I'm not a kid. Biggest but... unicorn fan here. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so it's... I can't remember yeah. who said that about unicorns, but I loved that quote. What was the unicorn thing? Oh, yeah, it was um, Matt, uh, Mark Butler said um, there... Where is it? No more bubblegum flavours, pink unicorns or vapes. Pink, fluffy unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing on rainbows. <laughs> oh, I love vapes that Vapes disguised as pens for kids to hide in pencil cases. Is that, that a like, thing? Well, you hear the phrase vape pen. Like, is that... Oh, yeah, look at that. Well, I always thought vape pen just meant like it was like the cylinder. Yeah, Is that but they're, not like, what it they're was? like the size and shape of a pen. Like they look like a pen. I'm sorry, but like if any teacher looked at that for longer than yeah. two, than five seconds and thought, that's not a pen, that's a vape. Like, But, but, but it's I what they say about hiding hide, in a pencil case. Yeah. Like they've got it in pencil cases. Because like I've seen people like shove them down their sleeves and then they just kind of like pull them up a little bit, you know? So it's like and I guess it's really easy to hide. A cigarette, you like they you burn can't themselves. Do that. They they yeah. injure themselves, but no, a vape. Yeah. Um, oh, it's just it's no, so dangerous. It's, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, and it's and it it shocks me how quickly this all occurred. Like. I no, think, it's so th- true. Are those little silver things well, you occasionally see? You know what see? this reminds me of? It reminds me of the scene from Breaking Bad. Where, no, um, it actually Another does. One? Another scene from Breaking Bad. <laughs> Did you say, wow, how many seasons I, are there? This is going to become it a film? just a full... No, it's a, it's a six-season TV show. Goodness, I'm going to get cancelled by Breaking Bad likers. Bra- likers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not a Breaking Bad lover. I'm not an incel. Those fans are kind incel? of feral. Oh, no. <laughs> what are we doing? Bridie's off fixing Jazzler and we're doing this. Um, Ooh, no, 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 back in. Is, oh, here yeah, she is. I'm back. But she's back. <laughs> You're listening to Represent, by the way. Um, but yeah, no, too little too late on the <laughs> vaping like stuff. Chaos. I love this. No, 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 keep going, too, guys. Too little too late on the vaping thing. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's bad. This is conclusion. It's, it's bad. What do we all think about that? Vaping do we agree? Is bad, but I agree. They, yeah. They've done what they can, you can do. Actually, you know, you guys can actually talk about something else if you really want to. I just need us to keep talking because... Okay. Oh, wait. Maybe oh, is it working? Um, okay. I reckon we might be about to be good oh, to okay. finish up the show. Is Jazzler working now? We just had to ramble for a bit because Yo, the computer completely ramble? stopped What are you talking working? about? That was like... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh, I'm insulted. I, yeah, Bridie, that's a, that's a bit mean. Maybe you guys should ask no. me and then it can be Freddie and I being EPs. <laughs> <laughs> I... From the way you talk about sending countless emails, I don't want to do that. I do that enough for my journalism course. She's looking at me now. (laughs) Yeah, Naya, that's your job. No, it's okay. We'll uh, we'll split the emailing. 50-50. And then I'll I'll sit here and be like... 
Yeah. So we got any interviews, guys? Yeah, exactly. We'll just stop yeah. telling you. Well, All right. Well. I, hey. Shall we, shall I we leave I was, it there I, before this descends well, no, no, into a, a full-on argument? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Good show. Um, thanks for listening to Represent. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show, guys. Thanks for Thank sitting you, in with Brady. us, Bailey. <laughs> Thank you, Bailey. Um, keep up to date. Let us know what you thought of the show, <laughs> show on our socials. Twitter, Instagram, Sin Represent. Facebook as well. Do we have a Facebook I'm not, page? Yeah, we do, but I'm not using it, so don't. Oh. You can look at my Facebook, job. But, like, yeah, you can manage the job. Facebook page. <laughs> no one's paying you to maintain our Facebook page. I'm really Is sorry. Is anyone paying you to maintain the Twitter page? No, I'm not getting paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually doing it out of the uh, goodness of my heart and love I, for I thought, it, I thought it was about to turn into, like, the Where the Millers scene, where it's like, you guys are getting paid? What's like, the Where the Millers scene? It's like the one where they're all going around. It's like, oh, my cut's like $200,000. My cut's like $5. Like, What's you guys are getting from? paid. It's like the meme. It's Have you not the seen meme the meme? I'll show you after the show. Yeah. We need to get okay. out of here so the voice we'll can do up. that thing. Um, if you want to hear this episode again or catch up on any of our old episodes, you can find our podcast. Podcast on Omni, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts at Represent. And remember to stay political. Hopefully, just the works. You're listening to Sin. You've been listening to a Sin Media podcast where young people run the show. <laughs>